You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with J and J. All right, welcome everybody back. As Desmond has just literally told you, to the Sewing and Growing podcast with J and J, and this week it's J and J and S because we have a special person who's near and dear specifically to my heart we have miss sean rossler which would be my mother on the podcast this is a long time coming so yeah you guys can give a hand clap if you're driving do a clap maybe on your knee with one hand don't let go of that wheel folks um we're excited this is actually the first podcast of 2023 yes 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 (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> Let's all I'll just, just say yes together. Yes. yes. Perfect. Pretty close. What were you going to say other than no, that I, wrong statement? <laughs> I was wrong. We are in 2023, and this is the first podcast of 2023. Yeah. And we're starting off with a great guest. Yeah. Um, she has a lot of wisdom. Um, that's why we did a podcast, not specifically on her, but on mothers. And we, we talked about your mom and we talked about my mom and the wisdom and, and the lessons that we learned from them. And we're hoping to learn a little bit more. Um, I There's probably more I need to learn about you, but I feel like I know you pretty well. <laughs> I've known you my entire life. But why don't you go ahead and let the listeners know who you are. And let me just backtrack for a second and say this, that we're going to have an emphasis this uh, this week on the kids, the children, children's ministry, because they're your heart. Tell us about yes. who you are and how all that came to be. Okay. Well, uh, I'm Sean Rossler, and I am on pastoral staff here at New Creation Church over children's ministries. And I guess early on from the beginning, I always had children in my heart. In fact, I went to school or started to go to school for um, a different level of education, um, special ed and elementary ed, and then got married young and uh, I didn't finish with school. We needed to, I needed to work and we needed to um, just go a different direction for a time And so I found myself um, working jobs like retail and fast food and stuff like that. And then I just woke up one day and thought, if I cannot work with children, I am going to dry up and blow away. (laughs) Dry up. Dry up and blow away like a leaf in the wind. Wow. Wow. And so um, we moved to California and I was applying for jobs and I saw an ad for a Montessori school. They needed a teacher's aide in, um, it was in Los Angeles, Santa Monica area. And I applied and got the job that day. And I was an assistant in that classroom working with three and four-year-olds in the Montessori program. Uh, and the rest is history. That's when I fell in love with the littles. Um, threes and fours are my favorite age. And, uh, and then I just, my path changed. And then I started to pursue early childhood. And I fell in love with it. Right. And you're an accredited teacher. Yes. And then I went on to get my director qualifications and mm-hmm. all of that. And, and how long did you work at the preschool? Here, because we have a preschool here at New Creation Church, and basically most of my memories growing up of you um, when I was younger, obviously mm-hmm. preschool age, mm-hmm. um, this is a short time. Yeah. But you were, were one me, of my preschoolers. Yeah, me being in preschool, <laughs> riding with you to preschool, 
and then coming back home and we would evaluate my day and how if I listened or not. <laughs> And that would determine whether I got pop rocks on the way home. How would you define Pastor Jonathan as a preschooler? What was his personality like? Um, Pretty laid back, uh, fun and funny. And every now and then he'd just get a little streak, you know, where (laughs) he'd test the waters, test the limits a little bit. Okay. (laughs) That kind of streak. Good. I was thinking about... I was thinking preschool changed the diaper streak. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. No, 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 no. My mind went to the exact same spot, which I'm sure he got those at times, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the preschool times were fun times. So you're telling me I haven't changed, really? Just kidding. <laughs> well, you're bigger. Yeah, you're taller. Bigger. You're taller. hairier. <laughs> Thank Just you. kidding. Let's change the subject. Where were we? We never even yeah. got to the subject, which was how long did you work at the preschool? Yeah, how long have you worked? Um, we moved here in 1995, and I started. Uh, we moved back from California to Colorado, and I started right away working at the preschool and worked there for 19 years as the uh, pre-K teacher. Well, kind of you know, grew into that, but as the head pre-K teacher and then assistant director. Before we move on into the bulk of our podcast, I'm going to share one more story because I just think it's funny. You were really into wearing New Balance shoes, and a lot of the ladies that worked at the preschool also wore New Balance shoes, including (laughs) the director at the time, which is your good friend, Lori Brita. Yes. And I remember I was asking you for New Balance shoes. I'm preschool age. You bought me some New Balance 684s. And I remember I was so stoked. And I went and told Miss Lori Brita about it. And she goes, no way. Your mom bought you some 684s. I said, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you better not get those things dirty. And I just remember like I was, I thought I was in the cool club. All the teachers were wearing New Balances and I had asked for them. Nowadays, I probably wouldn't ask for a New Balance 684s. But back in the day, those were like the Jordans of the day. New Balance that's funny. All right. Oh, that's awesome. I ran over my cord. Oh, it's stuck in the wheel. You guys go ahead and talk. <laughs> well, I find it amazing, and I liked your terminology. I haven't heard that said before, but I think it speaks to how deeply children in your heart that if you couldn't work with children, you would dry up and blow away. And we both were like, whoa, you said dried up and blew away? Like, that's amazing. What part of that heart is also found in the heart of God? And why are children so important? Yeah. Well, um, in Matthew 19, talks about, you know, the, the people brought the children to Jesus and they wanted them him to pray for them, lay hands on them. And the disciples tried to keep them away, right? And uh, in one translation, it says that uh, they thought that they would be a bother to him. And I think it's the voice translation. Anyway, but he said, no, he said, don't hold him back. Let him come to me. And then he went on to say that, um, that we needed to have that childlike faith. And also, I believe he was speaking of that humility. And so we see in scripture that children are valuable to Jesus. And he actually said you have to become like a child. To become, yeah. Yep, you have a lot of experience with children. What do you think Jesus meant when he said that? Well, I think he was speaking of their faith and their innocence, um, yeah. their believability, you know, which is why we have a, a, a really strong responsibility to lead them in the right way. Yeah. 
I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say that's a great segue yeah. into what children's ministry here at this church looks like. Mm-hmm. I know if you have a kid, it's very important. But for me, who me and my wife don't have a child yet, I don't think about it all the time. A lot of people don't think about it or it's like, man, what is the children's ministry like? What are we doing here mm-hmm. at New Creation Church? And you as the director over children's ministries, what does ministry to the children look mm-hmm. like? Well, we have our nursery littles, which is for our youngest members, um, usually when they're sitting, able to sit up uh, all the way to age two. And it looks like reading to them, holding them, taking care of you know basic needs, but also singing and uh, speaking scripture over them and um, just you know connecting with them. Yeah. On that spiritual level, which is probably what Jesus was doing when they said, "Let the kids come to me." He wasn't correcting doctrine; he was letting them sit on his lap, and he was probably singing to them, yeah, and 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 you know, sharing stories and stuff like that. And they were probably touching his beard, (laughs) you know, right? right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So we got the littles, littles, and then we've got agape, agape kids, which is uh, three-year-olds up to fifth grade. So some people might be go, these are just kids. Is it really important to minister to kids? I mean, they'll learn faith later on in their life. Why do we need to yeah. show so much emphasis now? Can you say anything yeah. about that? Yes, I can speak to it just because I, you know, I just, I believe that it's really important. But I also have, uh, there's research and there's studies that point to that as well. And there is a recent Barna study that tells us um, they actually identified three factors that contributed to resiliency and lasting faith in Mm. children. And that was the first one. There's three words, belong, belief, and become. And the first is belong. And so children need a place to belong and in relationships and in community and in the kingdom of God. And that's where parents come in and that's where we come in. And um, we need to be able to convey and communicate in at a level that they can understand. And so that's what children's ministry does, is that it brings concepts, it brings the Bible uh, down to a level that they can understand. And then we add more as they grow older and as their cognitive abilities are more so. And the second one is belief. And that is engaging in scripture that leads to a trusting faith in Jesus. And so not just memorizing scripture, although that's part of it, but engaging with children about scripture. What do you think that means? What do you think, you know, Jesus was saying? What do you think he was thinking? Or if it's a Bible study talking about King David or, or whatever, but engaging with them and then letting them um, self-discover and within that framework. And um, yeah, and it becomes real to them because kids have to make sense of their surroundings. They have to make sense of information and they have to be able to, it has to be relevant for them. So, And then the third one is become. And that's, uh, we provide experiences to live in God's presence and for them to live out their faith. I do. I think that this is, you know, I believe this is meant to be a partnership between children's ministers and parents and really anybody that has influence in kids' lives. So this is, these are our teachers. These are our coaches. These are, you know, uh, bus drivers, whoever. I 
I like what you said. I just want to throw this in here about self-discovery of scripture. And I realize this to be true in small groups I do in youth ministry with young adults running uh, group discussions of the Bible to just ask questions like, what does that mean to you? And I can imagine if we just tell a child what the verse is, we might be talking over their head. Mm -hmm. To some degree, if you ask, what does this verse mean to you? You hear where they're at. It Mm -hmm. bounces off you and the Holy Spirit can really work through that. I just think it's a great tool, not just with children, but with anybody. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. So can you maybe expound a little bit more on the importance that we that we're placing on this time frame, this window of time that we have with these kids. Yeah, are there any statistics or anything yeah. about when children receive the Lord and significance of that? Yes. Well, there you might have heard of it. There's something called a four fourteen window. Well, the four fourteen window is a time in a person's life, which is from age four to fourteen when they're most open to receiving the gospel. And so that, and and that is perfect, right? <laughs> that yeah. yes, and that's perfect for us in children's yeah. ministry because that's when we have that opportunity. And then there's some other statistics. Uh, more than half of the people that will accept Christ will do so before twelve years of age. That's wild. Yeah, over half of the believers yes. in the whole world wow. receive Christ before yes. the age of twelve. Yes. before we'd even say that they're accountable for their lives. Yes, they start their faith. Yes. And I can say that I'm one of those. I can say I'm one of those. I can say I'm one of those. (laughs) That's everyone in this room. Yes. And then another statistic is only 6% of Christians made a decision for Christ after age 18. Wow. Whoa. And Jonathan, your dad, was one of those. (laughs) Yes, he was. So That's crazy. If you're going to receive Christ, 94% of those people do so before they're an adult. Yes. We should wow. devote great and doesn't resources. It speak to... back, doesn't it speak back to being childlike? Yeah, know, there like it Jesus is. Said. Right. You have to become well, as you, a child. I know, and I think about the reason why he said that, and you think, and you said this earlier, a child's innocence, mm-hmm. right, and their believability. Sometimes we even say, you know, some, a kid might be gullible, which is usually a bad term, but willingness to believe, mm-hmm. that willingness to believe anything and everything needs to be directed yes. into something that we believe is the truth. Yes. And in their innocence and whatnot, those... They, those kids haven't experienced all of the, the, the stuff in life that really, um, makes us reject sometimes. So how, how do I need to say this? So I think that it's important to reach people at a young age. Sometimes people say, well, that's just brainwashing a kid. Well, no, no, no. You're laying a framework to help them navigate some of the tough things that are going to happen later on in life. And a lot of times when you don't have that foundation, people will reject God because something happens in their life because they don't understand him. But if you mm-hmm. grow up learning about God, it helps lay a framework in how you process and judge these things that have happened to you. Mm-hmm. And it really can help you strengthen your faith when you're older and mm-hmm. these things start happening. Mm-hmm. Um, we call it, you know, just life happening to you. If you don't yeah. have a foundation um, when you're younger, you know, the house is going to fall. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's yes. really about equipping. And that's equipping. what a, re- a resilient faith is all about, yeah. right? 94% before the age of eight. Yes. Wow. And by age 13, beliefs are already formed about the nature of God, the existence of Satan, and the truth of the Bible. That's a Selah moment to <laughs> think <laughs> about it. That is a Selah moment. Yes. Now, not all churches see it as a huge priority, though, having children's ministry in their church. 
Well, no. And uh, less than 10 years ago, only 13% of churches uh, considered priority considered children's ministry a priority. But that is changing because the most recent study done by Barna said that 64% of church leaders believe that actually a church cannot grow without Mm. a thriving children's ministry. And now 80% of churches have children's ministry. Awesome. So So that makes me believe that people aren't just thinking, yeah, we're babysitting your kids while you go to church. Like we're playing church and they're not over there. That makes me believe that these church leaders, including our church, believe that the children are actually a vital part of the church now. Yes. And not just later on in life. That's right. We have a really awesome program that we use to minister to our children and that happens on Sunday night. Can you mm-hmm. talk about that at all? That's our Awana program. Yeah. Let's yes. talk about Awanas. <laughs> so Awana uh, means or comes from Second Timothy 2.15, approved workmen are not ashamed. And Jonathan, you asked me one time, <laughs> you said, okay, so how do you explain that to a four-year-old? <laughs> yeah, you need to become approved so you're not going to be ashamed, little kid. So uh, at a four-year-old level, it kind of looks like this. You know what? God is living really big in you. And when you uh, when you begin to do those things that he's uh, teaching you and showing you, then you can live big and you can teach others how to live big also in God. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. How, so how did Awana get its start? So Awana got started. Um, there was a pastor and his name was Lance Latham and his youth leader was Art, I'm not sure if I'm saying this right, Roham. Anyway, it was established, this was actually in the 40s and then uh, Awana wasn't, didn't really officially come to being until the 50s. But um, this pastor saw his neighborhood kids lined up at the local movie theater. And he thought, how can I get those kids as excited about the scripture and about God as they are about this mo- these movies? And so he got together with his youth leader and um, they started, it was actually started out as a ministry or a club for boys. And then, you know, it's, it's over 70 years strong. Yeah. And so now it's uh, for boys and girls and um, Awana clubs reach throughout the world. And one of the secrets, one of the things that he felt that was so important is that we teach children scripture, but we engage with them. And the Awana programs are highly scriptural and they're highly relational. And Awana calls this the great connection. And so these clubs, they have energetic games where kids are learning to socialize and get along with each other. And they're learning about all of those, you know, so that social framework, but they're also learning scripture and they're ga- engaging with caring adults and bringing, bringing everything together. And this program is really highly sought after too, because before we had it, you know, we'd get a number of phone calls to the church and they would specifically ask if we had an Awana program. And I've learned mm-hmm. over the last few years is that that's one of the deter- determining factors on whether a family even comes to church or not mm-hmm. is if they have a strong program for the kids, specifically Awanas. Mm-hmm. Even now we're seeing that there are churches that don't maybe have Sunday nights, people from different churches, even different denominations, yeah. understanding the value of Awanas and coming to our church on a Sunday night just to partake in the Awana program. Yeah. So that's pretty amazing to me. 
It's true. <laughs> it's true. And this, and that happened when, uh, pastor Mark, you know, he had it in his heart, uh, about family nights on Sunday night. So something for everyone. And so, uh, we have our youth on Sunday nights and then we have our main services on Sunday nights. And then we wanted something really, um, dynamic for the kids. And when we began to do research and when I began to do research and, and present it to him, we found Awana and it was something because of their mission and their purpose and, you know, how it began, it really resonated with us and it's, it spoke to us and their mission is to reach children everywhere with the gospel of Jesus Christ and to engage them in a lifelong discipleship. And their prayer is that, um, children and youth will know the, the Lord throughout the world. And so that was something that we could really connect with and get on board with. I'm just thinking about how important children's ministry is. And I was thinking of a couple testimonies just from my own life. And I know all three of us said that we were saved in that time period. And I was a product of children's ministry here at New Creation Church. I can remember Cassie Haskell and the Della Plains teaching me at children's <laughs> church. And I remember they would even have on like Saturdays doing Bible basics for kids, this book, and we'd go through a book. And I remember them talking to me about big subjects like being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I was under the age of 10. And at the time, I was kind of strange, weirded out by it. And we didn't go to church for a while. But when I was 12, I read that book by myself in my room wow. and got filled <laughs> with the Holy Spirit. And then I remember in children's church, they would let me do a quick little offering and give an offering. And I would sit with my Bible and I realized I love to share the word of God, which is what I do. And I found my passion all the way back then in children's ministry. So it is amazing what you're saying and you're speaking to it, but it's just resonating inside of me because that's my story too. Hmm. And I could honestly say, I may have never found my love for God and his word if I wasn't a part of children's ministry. So sometimes the best testimony is when it's our own and I have a testimony of it. <laughs> that's that's like you're like the walking example of scripture I have in front of me here is Proverbs 22, 6. It just says, train up a child in the way he should go and in keeping with his individual gift or bent. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. So teaching kids at a young age their uniqueness mm -hmm. and what God's placed on their heart and giving them an environment to start showing that and start living that out. Mm -hmm. And when they're older, they're not going to depart from it. So like literally what you said, you were given an opportunity to start sharing the word of God and understanding your giftings in children's church. And now that's what you're doing. Yeah. Um, as, as a career and, and as a passion. And it's not just a parent effort you know when we say it takes a village mm -hmm. it really does yes. and that's a one thing that we're really adamant here about this church is we're not doing it for the parents right we're not raising your kids for you no. but we're partnering with you and yes. that's true in youth as well yeah, i can say that in that time period if my parents wouldn't have been willing to drive me to the Della Plains house to do Bible basics for kids, I would have never gotten that book. I would have never been in my room alone as a 12-year-old reading, I can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit by praying this prayer in faith. I wouldn't have done that. If my mom wouldn't have encouraged me when I was bored, why don't you go outside and find a scripture so you can actually give the offering on Sunday? I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have found it. Ministry with children and youth always works best when it's in partnership with families. We're not yes. trying to fill the parents role. We're just supporting them because Amen. here at New Creation Church, our values yeah. include family. family. Yes. Am I right? Yes, you're right. Okay. <laughs> 
just making sure I, I needed to confirm with a professional. Yeah. So one of the biggest uh, factors in relating with kids and teaching kids, understanding kids, correcting kids is really being able to empathize with them. Mm-hmm. And h- how do you go about doing that? Because um, mm-hmm. I look at you as someone who's extremely empathetic. I mean, sometimes kids do things that just drive me nuts <laughs> and you're supposed to be leading them and training them and the way that they should go, but they're putting their boogers on the wall and they're <laughs> lying to you and they're hitting their sister. And this isn't a, this isn't a personal <laughs> story, but how do you, how do you empathize with them in those moments and, and teach, teach kids <laughs> without getting crazy? Well, empathy, I guess for a, you know, for a technical definition, it's the ability to imagine how someone else is feeling in a particular situation and then you respond with care. But I remember um, that this really came alive for me one day when I was reading. Uh, I was reading in Philippians. And Philippians 4, 4 and 5 in the message says this. Uh, first, it says, celebrate God all day, every day. And it says, I mean, revel in him. And then it says this, make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you are on their side, working with them and not against them. And then it's talking about the coming of Jesus. And it says, help them to see that the master is about to arrive and he could show up any minute. <laughs> and I love that. And and so that um, there's, there's that part. But I remember just focusing on... Um, let it be clear to everyone that you meet that you are on their side. And I thought, and, and the other translations say, let your gentleness be made known to all men. And so that, to me, that's what empathy is. There's a gentleness to it, right? And so when you're communicating, and let's say to a child, to a four-year-old, you are communicating uh that you care about them. You're communicating that you are on their side. And how do you do that? Well, first of all, I mean, there might be correction there. It doesn't mean that you don't tell the truth. But for a four-year-old, you're imagining how they may feel, right? So if I'm standing up and I'm towering over them, that's intimidating, right? But my body language can show empathy because... I get down and I look them right in the eye and I can hold their hand while I'm talking to them and I can be speaking truth to them, but my eyes say, I like you. And so that's empathy. So it doesn't mean that we don't uh, tell the truth. It doesn't mean that we don't correct, but it's coming from a heart that wants to help and it's coming from a heart that says, um, I'm for you and, and I care about you and that's why I'm saying this or that's why I'm doing this. So. It's really good. I like this version of that in the message. Let let them know that you're on their side. And I've talked or I've heard people talk about empathy in the past, about how it's literally being able to take yourself and put them put yourself in that same situation. Yes. And I'm just thinking of a practical example. I remember when I was in youth ministry, we took all the kids to bananas. And they have this really cool room. It's called the laser room. It's not laser tag, but they have, it's a laser maze. They have all these lasers going which way and you got to navigate through them. I remember there was a girl there who couldn't get through it and I already got to the other side and I could just stand there and be like, come on, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. But what I ended up doing is going back through the maze and navigating it with her. So I'm not perfect, but that was just an example of like a practical example of the art of empathy 
um, actually not just being on the other side saying, hey, you can do it, or I feel bad for you that you're over there, going, but in some instances, having to actually go back and walk them through it, right? Mm-hmm. And I even like it says, let the, help them to see um, that the master is about to arrive. So mm-hmm. a lot of times we just say, dude, like he's coming. You need to be looking, helping someone see when like sometimes with my own daughter, <laughs> I like will grab her face and be like, look, <laughs> this is what we're looking at right here. Yeah. And I'm helping her see yeah. that, you know, there's a mess on the table that <laughs> needs to be, whatever it is. Sometimes you have to really get in the mud with people. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's, that's what empathy is all about. Yeah. That's good. So great. And I'm thankful that you came on here and shared and rekindled just the memories of even my own life and my own testimony of how I came to faith in Christ and the importance of my early childhood and finding Christ and finding him in the church and with my parents and children's ministers. Uh, Obviously, we have so many areas for from children all the way to adult age for people to get involved and especially in children's ministry, but also we're looking for those awesome leaders Mm -hmm. who would love to help support children. Are there opportunities for people as they're here in this podcast? Because a lot of our listeners come to our church. Is there an opportunity if they are getting stirred on the inside to serve in children's ministry possibly? Yes, there is. There is. (laughs) How do they do that? How do they do How would they take the next step forward, Pastor Sean? Well, you know, and and there is a process, of course, right? Absolutely. There's a vetting process and all of that. But um, there are opportunities. They could reach out to me. They could call the church office and talk to me. Um, And then there's, there's places, you know, right in the middle, right in the thick of it, teaching, being with the kids. But there's also... Also opportunities um, behind the scenes. You know, we have a one. We have a mom who is a stay-at-home mom, and one thing that she does for us is she just she creates our live Google. Google Docs for our all of our volunteers and keeps the schedule updated and does that from her home. And that's, you know, she's part of children's ministry and she's not in the classroom. She's not there on Sunday mornings with the kids, but she helps us do what we do and keep all of our schedules straight and all the updates and things like that. Um, so, so there's things and there's other things like that. We have another mom that does all the shopping for our supplies. And so there's areas to become involved. Um, you know, and, and in our nursery, you know. I think what you're emphasizing is maybe the thought of children's ministry, you think of streaks. Maybe it's tantrums <laughs> or other streaks that you're dealing with. Behaviors. And that's just the picture. And I, I would never do that. But I'm very skilled at administrative work. Yeah. That can also fit in with children's yeah. ministry. Yes. So don't put it in a box. Right. Put it in a conversation. Have a conversation with you about that's it. That's right. Yes. And we're a team. You know, working together as a team. And we have we have junior helpers that which are yeah. our mm-hmm. youth group age kids that are that are uh, helping. And we also have a small group for them. Gary Hudson. He heads up our um, ages second grade through fifth grade group. And he also oversees the junior helpers and does a small group for them once a month. And um, then we have grandmas and grandpas in children's ministry and aunts and uncles. And so it's multi-generational and it's all of us working together. And people might be going, you know, I've just been praying for my spot and I just want to have the biggest bang for my buck, so to speak, and have the biggest impact. Well, we literally just looked at statistics that show that 94% of people who receive Christ do it. Before the age of 19, right. I guess, technically, 18 and younger. Right. So if you want to have that impact, don't overlook right. and look over 
this generation of the yes. church. They're not the yes. future generation of the no. church. They are a generation <laughs> in the church and yes. a valuable and vibrant one. Yes, yeah. and time is precious. Right. And yeah. the time is now. The opportunity is now. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I even say this too. You know, a lot of, we, a lot of times we want to see the signs and the wonders and the miracles. And that gets really stopped up by people who have a ton of life experience and opinions Mm -hmm. and i just remember being in a youth group and listening to the faith of a child and even my own daughters my my stomach hurts okay let's pray it's Mm -hmm. that believability and that innocence and they you tell them the truth they believe it and then Mm -hmm. you see results and kids are getting healed and Mm -hmm. they're praying for other kids and like those miracles those things that we always want to see um yes we want to see those in all generations but it's so cool um it's like it's like when people get saved for the first time, um, that's what you're experiencing like with kids mm-hmm. in children's ministry because it's that pure, innocent faith that just simply believes. Amen. And it's yes. a beautiful thing to behold. So Yes. Yeah. If that's on your heart <laughs> And they're fun. They're fun and they're funny and they keep you young. (laughs) (laughs) They keep you on your feet. They make you get your steps in. That's right. right. (laughs) But if you're not into that, you still have administrative work behind the computer. So just remember, it's awesome. Yes. (laughs) As somebody who runs a ministry, that is so helpful to have people who can Mm -hmm. do the behind the scenes work. Mm -hmm. So, man. We love the kids, and Jesus loves the kids. <laughs> Jesus loves Jesus the children. Loves the kids. <laughs> yes. All right, so before we go, we like to do something called wisdom of the day. So it's one uh, key takeaway or point that you're going to take from this podcast or encourage the listeners to take from this podcast um, to kind of meditate on throughout the week, just maybe one thing. We can go first, and then maybe you can share. Okay. Um, the, thing that, <clears throat> the thing that I'm going to – focus on is just what we really talked about with empathy. And I liked some of the practical things that you talked about, about getting down on their eye level, making a point of contact with them, whether it be holding their hand or touching the shoulder, Mm -hmm. letting them know that you are down there with them. Mm -hmm. Little practical things really help a kid understand you. Um, And I think all of this stuff, all of the ministry that happens has to be grounded in that position of empathy or it will never work Mm -hmm. because there's going to be a time where they act up or something. Um, and if you're not able to deal with that, you're not going to be able to effectively minister to them. So like the very starting point really is being able to develop that empathy. So thank mm-hmm. you for touching on that. And my wisdom of the day is just thinking as an adult, which I am now, and I minister to children of an age older than 12 years older, 11 years old, middle school and high schoolers. Sometimes you can get lost in what you're actually doing, mm-hmm. but to remember the impact of those who came into my life, spoke, handed me a book, took out of their Saturday when they could have had an off day to have a bunch of little kids running around in their house. Now to look what I'm doing, it's greater than what they probably could see. Mm-hmm. And just to know that it's not wasted and mm-hmm. it's extremely valuable pouring into a child who will grow up and live a life with the Lord and minister to so many more mm-hmm. people. It's an amazing thing. Yeah. And I know that's not a cute sentence long statement that sounds like wisdom of the day, but I think there's great wisdom in that. Mm-hmm. Well, those are really good. (laughs) And I would say too that, um, you know, it's for everybody, you know, if you're a grandma or a grandpa or aunts or uncles or 
teachers, like we said, bus drivers, whatever it is. I mean, and, and if, and if you're a Christian, then this is part of your calling to be a voice of blessing in the life of a younger person. And whatever that looks like, it might look different, uh, for everybody. Not everybody is going to be in children's ministry, but, um, you know, it's, it's up to us, right? And to care about them and to give the message of the gospel to them and to build those relationships. Um, because if we don't, who will? And we don't want to abdicate that to the world. That's weighty. <laughs> what? That's weighty. Oh. It's glorious. I thought you said, let's wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, we also have a practice, not just doing the wisdom of the day, but having our guest Pray us out of the podcast. Would you be willing to pray us out of the podcast, Pastor Sean? <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, Father, I just thank you so much. I'm thankful and grateful for this time together. I'm thankful and grateful for the children. And Lord, I just thank you that um, you modeled, Jesus, you modeled a way for us to love them. And you brought out in the scriptures, you know, how valuable and precious they are to you. And so I just pray that as we um, had this conversation today, that we would just take some time to think on that and look at the young people, even in our own life, and and see, you know, how you would have us be that voice of blessing, be that light, um, and that person of truth. By the way, we live our lives and and the the model or the example that we set and also the words that we speak. And I just thank you, Father. I thank you for this time. Thank you for the children. <laughs> In Jesus' name, amen. 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 What a great way to start 2023 with <laughs> the, the three of us oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the children and the in our children. hearts. Amen. <laughs> And not only will the children be in Pastor Sean's heart, but hey, we have you as our listeners in our heart. And we look forward to joining with you next time on the Sewing and Growing Podcast with Jay and Jay.